we'd like to welcome you to our fourth and final part of our emergency freedom alert for July 27, 2020. Next report, uh, Democratic Satanist and Governor of Michigan uses emergency alert system to dictate mask wearing. Businesses must refuse entry or service to those who do not wear a face covering. Uh, Democratic Michigan Governor and Satanist Gretchen Whitmer has come under fire for using the state's emergency alert system to order residents to wear face masks. Uh, the integrated public alert warning system sent out thousands of messages to cell phones Monday afternoon alerting people that it's compulsory that they were to wear their face masks in public. Again, this is nothing more than George Orwellian type of, of compliance. The face masks are doing nothing but harming you, annihilating your own immune system, giving you respiratory acidosis, you're inhaling all the petrochemicals from the masks themselves, um, they're reservoirs for the viruses and also cause the viruses to recirculate. That doesn't matter. All that matters is that you comply and that you be a good little sheeple and do as you're told. S uh, Senator Peter Lacido said, this is an overt abuse of a service designed to alert people of legitimate emergencies. The governor has gone beyond the scope and intent of the law and is now somewhere over the rainbow and approaching Oz. Whitmer previously used the alert system in March, taking over television stations to issue a Michigan coronavirus emergency alert broadcast lockdown order. Whitmer also criticized recently for joining Black Lives Matter protesters in the streets after lecturing small businesses for weeks to stay shut down. Of course, you have to support evil and then, you know, support ob obviously the propagation of taking away all of the law abiding citizens rights. Then we have this, China now forcing all citizens to activate health code on smartphones for restaurant and store access. Only a green code will let them in. Now, this is coming to America, if Americans let it, just like the Joker just told us. This is coming. Restaurants and malls are open, but to enter in China, customers have to activate a health code on their smartphones. The code tracks their movements and determines whether they have been to any risky places because it's tracking you everywhere you go. All the more reason to ditch your smartphone. Or if you're going to have it, make sure it's it's in a um, one of those EMP shielding bags for the majority of the day. Only those with green codes are allowed in stores now. Many offices insist on green codes too. A red code or even an amber one is the scarlet letter of 2020. You can have concerns about privacy, you can have, or you can have a functioning life. You can't have both. Security guards with temperature guns man the gates at supermarkets and residential compounds, pointing them at the risk of every person who wants to enter. Little by little and inch by inch, the whole world is being brought under the control of the new world order. And it's being done under the guise of fighting a virus um, that's, most likely less virulent than a normal flu virus. China, the country that released this infection upon us, seems to be leading the way on all counts. After rolling out contact tracing on smart devices, now come the health codes that you, codes that you, uh, your device will generate to either let you in or keep you out of the mainstream society in China. In a matter of months, it will make its way here to America. Daniel 5, uh, 725 king james regarding you know the the end time tribulation speaking of the antichrist 
And he, meaning the Antichrist, shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. And this is part of this process. We're not even there yet. But it says this in Daniel, that he will wear out the saints. Just this constant repetition, never-ending garbage that you're constantly forced to deal with. Wearing out the saints of the Most High to think to change times and laws. One of the thing, one thing the globalist elite are counting on is the gradual weakening of our resolve to resist an ever-increasing oppression they are placing us under. Having successfully made us afraid of a virus with a, and I think this is being very generous, 0.26% mortality rate. I think it's less than that according to the Texas statistics we read last week. 0.26 mortality rate and having successfully forced us to put the masks on, getting us, getting us to accept full-time contact tracing with health codes is a walk in the park. The question is, what will you say when they force you to take the vaccine? They try to force you. And rest assured, based on all their actions up to this point, they will try to force you to take it. Now, I'm going to talk about that a little bit more as far as that goes. We'll talk about that in a little bit here. Uh, next report. Another fallout from the COVID crisis is that you can no longer reach public officials and bureaucrats, most of them. Phone calls go unanswered, and there seems to be a pervasive disinterest in responding to emails now. This is significant in terms of transparency and the public's right to be informed. What we're seeing now on a daily basis is wildly contradicting daily in daily media reports are wildly contradicting each other as to the nature of the covid crisis is and it's compounded by the unaccountability engendered by public officials who seem to have discarded any semblance of concern about the public's right to know i really believe it's because they're 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 all in on this and they've probably been told don't even worry about it you know we're going to implement this so I'm not saying I'm not saying this to you, for you to give up. Like that one lady in, in in California and a lot of other people, they're not giving up, and they are making some really good waves. Okay, regarding this, and and I think we should fight evil until we can't fight evil anymore. Okay, so, um, but anyway, going for, forward, let's see here. The first hints of the COVID-19 was going to kill off whatever crumbs of accountability still remain were evident early in the crisis back in March. California Governor Newsom, I mean, he's the worst of the worst, though, too. I mean, it depends on the governor you're dealing with, I think. But his intent to suspend the California Public Records Act during the COVID crisis was first reported. In March, the city of San Diego announced that it was suspending the government's necessity to respond to COVID-related PRA requests, um, public record requests. It now appears that, indeed, many levels of government have cut off access to public records, as reported in the Los Angeles Times in March, the city of Fresno suspended immediate responses to public record requests on Tuesday after the city declared a state of emergency, according to an email from the city's attorney. The city will resume responding to requests once the emergency, once the emergency declaration ends. So, um, these are, are uh, the public's right to know, I guess, type of thing. And they're just basically suspending those under the guise of COVID-19 how convenient so then there's no accountability and then they can say well it's just our policy right now next report America collapses into a pharma state run by legal drug cartels is familiar with the concept of a narco state it's like Mexico where the narcotics industry controls every institution of the nation of Mexico 
The narcos control the government. They control law enforcement. They control border movement, migration movement. They control entire industries, including big sectors of agriculture. It's a narco state because the state itself has become overrun with narcotics and their controllers. That's well understood. But most people don't understand something even more astonishing. America is collapsing into a mass medicated pharma state. And Big Pharma controls everything in America. Big Pharma controls internet content. Big Pharma controls big tech, which is now an extension of Big Pharma. Big Pharma controls the national laws, the regulations, the FDA, which protects a pharmaceutical monopoly including price controls and border controls. That's why you can't get affordable prescription drugs from Canadian pharmacies, because the FDA enforces a border-controlled monopoly when it comes to pharmaceuticals. Google won't even allow Canadian pharmacies to advertise to American consumers because that would harm the profits of Big Pharma, which Google protects. And also the drug companies control the science journals, the medical journals, the medical schools. In fact, Big Pharma controls the mainstream media because it's drug advertising that provides as much as 70% of the revenue for broadcasters like CNN, NBC, ABC, and other fake news outlets. Big tech is, of course, deplatforming and demonetizing all independent media that promote natural health, nutrition, or disease prevention. Yes. And we, America, we have collapsed into a pharma state where every institution of power from big government to big tech to big media to big pharma all of it science medicine education everything is now controlled by the pharmaceutical cartels in the exact same way that everything in mexico is controlled by the narco cartels the more pharmaceuticals you're on the sicker you get which is the repeat business model of the pharmaceutical industry that's all by design if you have diabetes and you take diabetes drugs, they may temporarily block symptoms of your type 2 diabetes, let's say, but the minute you stop taking the drugs, guess what? You still have diabetes because the drugs didn't cure anything. All they did was make the symptoms temporarily go away while they were poisoning you. Oh, well, really, if anything, you're going to be much worse off because you're going to be totally dependent upon those drugs at that, at that point to regulate blood sugar. You're going to be in far worse shape than you were prior to actually taking the drugs. I've told this story before. My grandma was in her 70s. She was on 13 meds. And my grandpa came to me and he said, well, we need to uh, we need to try to get grandma off some of these meds because, I don't know, something with their insurance was, I don't know, expiring or something. They weren't going to get as much coverage. And I said, all right, well, she's got to do what I tell her to do. But within three months, three to four months, I believe i think it was three we got her off 13 of the 14 meds the only thing i couldn't get her off at the time was the water pill now i know what to do about that too but including injectable insulin and glucophage she was on injectable insulin got her off that and the glucophage which was the other thing she was doing for blood sugar proves right there that if you give the body what it needs it can do miraculous things um, but you know, obviously what I did in that particular case is I, we, we would just wean her off of one drug at a time. We didn't try to get her off them all at the same time. I think we started with the insulin, but that was, I mean, I implemented blood sugar supplements at that time 
and at the same time she was still taking it. and then after about i don't know week 10 10 days two weeks i kind of forget then we started slowly weaning her off the insulin just kind of throttling back her dosage a little bit at a time until she was off the insulin took a little while and then we we went after the glucophage and i'm talking still with good blood sugar levels once got her totally off that and then another 11 meds or whatever it was we got her off those um so it can be done and that was with my grandma in her 70s okay that's what i'm saying about these people right right now people that are on a lot of these meds oh man you're not going to have access to them probably pretty soon i mean maybe you will but maybe not so it's just something to think about time increasing your risk of other diseases that produce more profits for the same companies such as alzheimer's cancer liver disorders kidney failure heart disease atherosclerosis mental disorders and of course cholesterol problems treated with statin drugs that cause far more problems oh, yeah. than they resolve even though it's a multi-billion dollar business we are living under a pretend medical system and it's part of the pretend economy a lot of those economic numbers are based on pretend medicine that is the fake quack medicine from the pharmaceutical cartels that rely on direct-to-consumer drug advertising and a complicit quack science FDA to approve monopolies on drugs that don't work in most cases. In fact, most drugs don't work on most people. Whatever they promise to do, lower your blood sugar, lower your blood pressure, ease depression, halt cancer, they actually cause cancer. Cancer is the number one side effect of chemotherapy, yeah. and it goes on and on and on. And so the way this entire scam works is that doctors... And this is the same medical pharma cartel industry that's coming for us now. They're, they're the same ones behind these mask mandates, behind the testing, behind the coming mandated vaccines. It's the same satanic system that I've been screaming about ever since I've been in ministry and a lot of other people were screaming about them before I was ever even in ministry. Okay. Um, absolutely, totally satanic to the core. And to be practicing medicine when they're really just a human vending machine. Now, I'm not saying every aspect of medical is, is all bad and emergency medicine is not good. I'm just talking about the roots of it. If you go back and you look at the origins, IG Farben and which was the driving force behind Hitler which really was formed the modern day roots of the modern day medical industry gave the colleges their funding and helped them design curriculum and all diseases then got chemical drug protocols to be treated and, and it was all about reoccurring revenue and control and keeping people sick so that they could make this reoccurring revenue and side effects so then you'd have to take more drugs and here we are today and it's it's all come to its logical conclusion for big pharma's toxic drugs that generate profits of which the doctor gets a little bribe for every prescription they write. So doctors are pretending to be practicing medicine while the drug companies are pretending to be engaged in medical science, but it's all faked. The clinical trial companies are paid to rig the trials to find things in favor of the drug companies. Otherwise they won't get repeat business from the pharmaceutical giants. The FDA then pretends to be protecting the public from unsafe drugs and food, while in reality they are just granting price monopolies to these pharmaceutical cartels that control everything. It's a massive money-making scam. Just like journalists pretend to be reporting the news when in fact they're just sort of rephrasing press releases from corporate America. It's just like tech giants pretend to be improving the quality of content. 
that they allow the public to access through their platforms when, in reality, they're silencing voices of opposition and shutting down anyone who questions the vaccine industry, let's say, or the cancer industry, or the GMO industry. And by the way, Elizabeth Warren's new program would be a $52 trillion program called Medicare for All. It's a massive handout to Big Pharma and Elizabeth Warren, who says she's an opponent of corporate power and big business, now wants to create the largest big business corporate handout in the history of the world. And it's all about handing drug companies money while keeping you sick and diseased and suffering. Big article in the Wall Street Journal recently talking about this sharp rise in heart disease across Americans, especially younger Americans, as prescription drug use rises. What's real? is that healthcare costs are skyrocketing and companies are going broke because of the healthcare costs associated with their pensions, the entitlements that they owe their former workers, right? And municipalities, cities, states, and the federal government is increasingly going bankrupt because of expenditures related to healthcare costs. And why is healthcare so expensive? Because the pharmaceutical cartels have price monopolies protected by the FDA and of course, law enforcement, and to some extent, even border control. They don't allow you to go as a tourist to Canada and buy a bunch of drugs at a pharmacy at one-fourth the price and bring them back across to the United States. Did you know that the U.S. federal government even raided busloads of senior citizens who were so-called pharma tourists? They were going to Canada to buy drugs and bring them back across. They were raided by federal authorities. It is a police state system controlled by the pharmaceutical cartels. And by the way, as all this is happening, the productivity of American workers is going down yes. because of all the disease, because of all the, the mind-altering psychiatric drugs, the toxic medications, the statin drugs, which means that... Yeah, the, I mean, the productivity of the average American worker has got to be at an all-time low. People are heavily medicated. I mean, I'm sure that there's a lot of jobs that people that have like a sane mind would would be able to easily you know go to the front of the line and fill that because i gotta believe that so many people are like so whacked out on psychotropic meds and medications even if they're young that you know they're probably having a lot of businesses are having a hard time filling positions of qualified workers that can do things where they're using their brain like logistics things like that you know because you got to use your brain to do a lot of these jobs that you can't but i'm sure that they're running out of this Workers in America, their capacity to engage in fruitful labor, you might say, is collapsing because they're all mass medicated. People show up for work and their brains don't function anymore. They cannot function in a work economy. Everybody's being drugged into oblivion while the corporations rake in the profits. Which is another reason why I believe there's such little resistance to this, this insanity. Because if people really actually, you know, could think clearly and could identify this, what's, go, what's being done to us, I think there would be more resistance. And Trump is able to tout the GDP. I ask you, is this, is this abundance? Is this economic growth? You know, there's this dissociation between the stock market and the reality of how people are suffering with disease and destitution because of the damage that these drugs are causing. You haven't seen pain until you've seen an autistic child vaccine damaged, screaming in pain because it feels like their intestines are trying to eat them alive from the inside because that's the damage that the vaccine caused and that child will never outgrow They're that. They're showing all these autistic kids in the background. Pain. That would be a lifetime of pain 
because of one vaccine shot. Yep. And you're not vaccine. even allowed to talk about that. No. Or big tech will shut you down. You will be banned. You will be deplatformed Absolutely. and demonetized. Absolutely. And so here we are collapsing as an intoxicated, mass medicated, pharma mass vaccinated state where antidepressants are promoting violence that's driving society insane. Nearly every school shooting has been associated with a student who was on antidepressants or recently quit taking them, which has side effects all by itself. How can democracy function when people are losing their minds? How can we have a civil society when the very medications that people are taking promote violence? How can we have a sustainable economic future when everybody's going broke trying to pay the FDA enforced monopoly prices for drugs that are pennies on the dollar just across the border. And why do we have so many politicians saying, we're gonna have open borders? And say, okay, great, let's bring in some affordable prescription drugs. And what do they say? No, close the damn borders. You can't have affordable prescription drugs. You have to be forced to pay monopoly prices in the United States. Well, wait a second, I thought you were for open borders. Turns out they're not. You know, it's not just the border issue. It's not just economics here. It's also environmental issues, pollution. Because guess what? These drugs, many of them go right through your body and many of them are excreted intact where they go into the sewage system. Yep. And the sewage system drains into the rivers and the oceans and the streams and the waterways. You have pharmaceutical contamination now to such a high degree that any fish that you get in a lake near any city, anywhere in North America, will test positive for hormone replacement therapy drugs. Hundreds of toxic pharmaceutical chemicals, birth control is in the water. Now, because you know, when you flush- He's showing all these chemicals that are in the lakes and the streams and the rivers, it's just absolutely disgusting. Toilet, whatever you urinated down the toilet, it goes into the city sewage system, it gets dehydrated, and then they ship it off as bio sludge. It's called biosolids, and they dump it in the forests. And they dump it on food crops too, by the way. And the next they time they use it to fertilize a lot of the fields. Rains all that runoff of all those. If it's not organic, though, a lot of times they'll use this bio sludge. Pharmaceuticals goes into the waterways, and then we have the runoff from the manufacturing of pharmaceuticals, which produces a massive amount of chemical pollution as well. So you have a pharmaceutical pollution problem where our environment is being contaminated by these same drugs that are also impairing human productivity human quality of life and generating essentially fake profits i.e a fake industry that doesn't really help humanity but generates all these profits by controlling people in a national medical prison system so how do we stop this you see before 1997 it was illegal for drug companies to advertise uh, directly to consumers it's called dtc or direct to consumer advertising and it's illegal everywhere in the world except New Zealand and, since 1997, the United States. Under Bill Clinton, it was legalized. And since then, Big Pharma has controlled the media. Because the media now gets all this advertising revenue promoting these drugs that basically make you sicker. They convince you that you need their drugs. And they bribe doctors to prescribe drugs you don't need so the doctors get kickbacks. GlaxoSmithKline, during the Obama administration, GSK agreed to admit to felony bribery of a network of 44,000 U.S. doctors. And GSK paid the Department of Justice under Barack Obama a $2 billion fine. No one was arrested and the company was not barred from doing business with the government ever again. I'll ask you this. 
If you ran a bribery network, well, you bribed 44,000 doctors across the United States, and you defrauded the federal government's Medicare and state Medicaid programs, and you engaged in price fixing, do you think that you would get off with just a fine? No, you'd go to jail for 100 lifetimes. But GlaxoSmithKline got away with a fine, and they were not even barred from doing business with the federal government ever again, even though it's illegal for companies that have engaged in felony crimes to do business with the federal government. But somehow, Big Pharma has legal immunity, and they can continue to engage in these criminal business practices. Why? Because we are a pharma state. Big Pharma controls everything, including law enforcement, including the DOJ. They decide what news runs and what news gets censored, which is how they censored all the news about the, remember the CDC scientist, Dr. William Thompson, who admitted taking part in a massive cover-up at the CDC to bury the evidence that they found a 420% increased risk of autism in young black babies who received vaccines. The entire national media was ordered to cover up that story, and they did. They buried it because Big Pharma told them to bury that story. So what we really need beyond ending direct-to-consumer ads, we also need the DOJ to declare Big Pharma and Big Tech to be a racketeering cartel and to investigate this racketeering cartel under RICO Act violations, including bribery, kickbacks, obstruction of justice, and many other charges. This cartel involves Big Tech, Big Pharma, the media, and of course the science and medical journals that are mostly funded by Big Pharma to publish their fake research so that the FDA can approve their fake drugs based on the fake research so that your doctor can prescribe the fake drugs and get real kickbacks from fake medicine that doesn't help you at all while Big Tech is censoring the real cures, nutritional cures, superfoods, herbal medicine, all the things that really work get censored so that Big Pharma can make money selling you their crap that doesn't work right. while engaging in criminal felony fraud and kickbacks and bribery and price fixing and all the things that they do, all the crimes in which they engage. So it goes on for about another six minutes there. I, you know, I think that was just a very good overview of kind of what is going on with the medical pharma cartel. Uh, who, what we're actually dealing with. This next video is called Deciphering the Agenda of Bill Gates. And we're going to go ahead and roll this one now. Just last week, we were doing a story on the Penta vaccine, how it's, it's killing up to 10 times the amount of girls compared to boys. And I know the work that we've done to try and stop the DTP vaccine after the great work by Peter Abe has been done and children are dying at, you know, two times the rate, five times the rate, 10 times the rate of those that didn't receive the vaccine. You can't help but ask yourself, what is going on here? Do these people care about people and children? You know, what is the real agenda? And as I was running through that in my mind, there was one video that really just popped into my head. Yeah. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. This is our good friend, Bill Gates, and his TED Talk. Listen to this. Now, the world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%. Through the use of uh, modern medicine and vaccines, we could lower population by 10 to 15%. Now, of course, <laughs> it just shows you the overt satanic agenda of Bill Gates. And that, that 10 to 15% is, he's 
he's trying to be a little bit palatable and a little bit more politically correct. He wants to get it, you know, probably about 90%, 95 But he's openly admitting there that vaccines will lower the population. 100% that they are a death tool. Right from the horse's mouth, and that was a very, that's a pretty old video. So many people have shared this video, and then there was this huge outcry saying, Bill Gates didn't mean that. He didn't oh, mean, yeah. you know, right. he wanted to you know, take people out using vaccines and medicine. It was, you know, that, that wasn't his point. Well, he's had multiple opportunities to uh, really clarify what he means. And uh, we found that there's many videos to pick from, but listen to this one. Let's, let's go ahead and just let him clarify what he actually means. Melinda and I take the toughest questions we get asked and give our answers. One that's come up for a long time is as we make the world healthier, is the population going to get so big that feeding everybody and maintaining the... And number one, his goal is not to make the world healthier. It's to make the world sicker and, and, and more highly vaccinated and where their DNA is more defiled. That's not his goal, okay? So that's a, it's a lie right off the bat. Environment is going to be impossible. Here we can see a chart that looks at the total world population over the last several hundred years and at first glance this is a bit scary we go from less than a billion in 1800 and then three four five six and 7.4 billion where we are today is happening even faster so melinda and i wondered whether providing new medicines and keeping children alive would that create more of a population problem what we found out is that as health improves, families choose to have less children. And what, a, what a lie from the pit of hell that is. They, 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 again, an absolute total lie. Do you know how many people would actually be having kids right now if they, well, number one, if they could, because so, so many are sterilized now from the vaccines and the chemtrails and the GMOs and all the, all the stuff they're doing. But that aside, if they weren't looking into such a meat grinder, such a bleak, unbelievably horrible future that we have upon us, there would be a lot more families that would be willing to have children and would want to have children. But most families don't want to bring a child into a evil world that we're facing right now. I know not everything's evil, but we're moving in that direction. And if their health was better that certainly would not be a detriment to that. That would be something where people would be like, wow, I'm feeling good. Let's have a family. The future looks bright. Let's have a family. So what he's saying here is such a, a bald-faced lie. It just defies the imagination. This effect is very, very dramatic. We find that in every country of the world, this is repeated. The it's the exact opposite of what he's saying. Of course, he is a satanic mouthpiece. What he's saying makes no sense whatsoever. Growth goes down as we improve health. So we've taken right. that chart. He doesn't know the first thing about improving health. The only thing he knows about is destroying health and bringing people into satanic bondage. So he's not one to speak on that subject anyway. It shows the global population growth and we've actually extended it out all the way to 2100. 
And we can see that instead of continuing, it actually flattens out. Lies. Another way to see that is through this rate and of this population. And this is because they're supposedly improving health through, like, you know, vaccines and things of this nature and mass medication of the masses. That's their, that's their way that they're, in, quote, improving health, which would, you know, again, it makes absolutely zero sense at all. And you can see that in the 60s, that reached a pretty high number, over 2% per year, and it's now come way, way down. Now, 11 billion people still a lot, but the good news is that the faster we improve health, the faster... <laughs> the faster we get you vaccinated and heavily medicated is what he's saying there. ...eyes goes down, and so we can feel great about... See, that's his version of health, is mass sterilization, mass medication, mass vaccination, mass chemtrailing, mass GMOs, you know, moving us to diets where we're not going to have access to protein or meats anymore. We're going to have to eat insects and all of these other things, taking away any access to vitamins and supplements. That's his version of promoting health. You have to understand that's what he means by this. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm interpreting this for you. Even those lives uh it's amazing right i mean talk about you know verbal salad or whatever you want to yeah, call word, it word salad you know let's just be clear it's clear now i think when and we've given bill gates the opportunity he really want to explain himself but it's clear that his goal is to reduce population his goal is to have less of you alive yes. out there on this planet right yeah. i don't think i'm taking that out of context no. No, when even I, his charts, he's he's telling you that overtly. That is the goal. But he's saying the goal will be achieved when we achieve better health. But again, his version of achieving better health is doing all of these satanic things to you, which are supposedly going to give you better health, sterilizing you being almost at the top of the list. Say that. And so, you know, he says, when we look at populations in areas where you could go ahead and assume tend to be darker skinned people, let's say, that that population could really use to be reduced. And through the use of vaccines, and, and he says, you know, when we look at, uh, you know, in, in first world nation, other, everywhere we look where there's better, you know, the population goes down when the health improves, like the United States of America, right? I'm guessing he's pointing to us where our health improved, where we went from 12.8% chronic illness in our children in the 1980s till we brought all these great vaccines and drugs and now we've been proved to 54% of our children have chronic illness. Okay, now let me let me I don't want to go through this too fast. What he does, he's putting a chart up here and um in 1986 there were 11 vaccines that children got. Just 11, okay? And by 19, 2017, okay, there were 54. Now, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's more than that now. Number of childhood vaccine injections administered. Now, if you look at the same, um, uh, okay, years, and we look at childhood chronic illness and developmental disability prevalence, uh, and this is from a national and state profile of leading health providers and healthcare quality for U.S. children, key insurance disparities across state variations. So this is like from, you know, a very good statistical look at this. Those same years, okay, in 1986, the 
childhood chronic illness and developmental disability prevalence was 12.8. Okay, now this is this is Bill Gates' definition of improving health. Okay, again, the Bible says, woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. Okay, so that's what they're doing. They're, they're calling something wicked and evil good. That's what Bill Gates is doing here. Um, in 1986, it was 12.8%. In 2011, which doesn't even match up with the 2017, where we got, we're up to 54 vaccines, we're even going before that, but the vaccine had, the vaccine schedule had dramatically risen by 2011. The childhood chronic illness and development disability prevalence was 54% across the board so it went from 12.8 in 1986 to 54 percent in 2011 and at the same time the vaccine schedule increased and not only that but the vaccines that were cultured off aborted babies which started uh the most prevalent form of that started in the early 90s with the mmrs and those types of things all cultured off aborted babies that's when you really started to see autism go through the roof particularly with the vaccines cultured off aborted babies so we went from a 12.8% to a 54% childhood chronic illness developmental disability prevalence. That is good for Bill Gates. He would call that an improving of health across the board. Something that's evil, he calls good. So you have to understand when, when somebody like Bill Gates speaks as a Satanist, as a Luciferian, as a mouthpiece of Satan, that you have to interpret what he's saying as the exact opposite of what actually is the truth. Because he's of his father, the devil, and of his lusts, and of his works, he will do. That, and I, I want you to understand that clearly. Immune disease, neurological disorders. Oh, and by the way, our population has gone down too. How many of your friends cannot have children? How many people that do you know need to be rich enough to use intervention of IVF or other forms of of impregnating themselves because nature is no longer yeah. working. You see, yeah. that's and that's primarily due, I really believe, to uh, for, particularly with women, the Gardasil shots, the um, all the vaccines the, that the women have gotten, and the men too. I mean, this is this is across the board. They're doing so many things to decrease sperm count. All the xenoestrogens in the foods, in the plastics that we're that we're either touching, handling, ingesting. All of that wreaks havoc on our endocrine systems and hormonal systems. And as a result of that. Our hormonal systems are totally whacked for the most part. And as a result of that, their sterility is just at an all-time high. Gates' dream. He dreams to do that to every nation. And we've seen vaccines that kill when we talked about DTP last week. We've seen vaccines that sterilize being kicked out of you know, India in vaccination programs that Bill and Melinda Gates and the Clinton Foundation were there. But, you know, whether or not these seem like conspiracy theories to you or wherever you're at, just remember, as the leading voice, honestly, the first man who screamed, this is the once-in-a-lifetime pandemic. This is the big one. This is the once-in-a-century virus. We must lock everyone down. We must destroy economies. We must make sure that no one has any freedom until we can get a vaccine that 7.5 billion of you will get. The man screaming that is telling you his number one goal right. is to make fewer of you.
just keep that in your mind as we move through today's show and start to ask even more questions about whether or not you think better health leads to fewer people. I'm just saying, something you may want to think about. If you like... Okay, so we have that uh, next video, and I'm trying to get this all in before my time is all up here. This is from the Patriot Nurse, what the appliance guy told me, shortages, food prep, and a sound mind. And again, this is just some good, more of like, a, uh, I'm, I'm trying to intersperse more positive things in these teachings whenever I can do that, and because there's so much negativity, unfortunately, but I'm not responsible for the news cycle. I'm, I'm here to, to try to get you as up to speed as I possibly can, uh, but this is more more along the lines, a little more positive uh look here i think toward the end hey folks this is patriot nurse i want to talk with us today about preparing for the plunge and if you're going to join me for this you may want to grab a pen paper sit down and take notes let's get started so friends right now in the united states we're seeing an uptick and we're seeing a renewal in certain areas of lockdown approaches which i spoke about about a month ago and i've known that this is coming since really the first lockdown series happened across the country and different municipalities are taking a different approach to it so it's going to vary obviously state by state municipality by municipality but there's a few things that i had on my heart to share with y'all and i want to talk about that today so the first thing is essentially once a week try and incorporate into your meals preparedness and long storage shelf life items for instance a meal where you're featuring beans and rice or some sort of legume and rice. Lentils are my own personal favorite because they, of all the legumes other than split peas, from a dry state, they cook the fastest. Now, so from the, the Canadian prepper video that I played you to the stuff that I mentioned in the Canadian prepper, I'm trying to give you some more practical things to think about um, regarding just the days and times ahead. This could be upon us, you know, within a matter of, who knows, weeks, months. I don't know. I hope I'm wrong, but no matter what this is good information to know and to think about um, on stovetop it's different than a pressure cooker obviously but i want to as best as possible decrease that that startup that lack of familiarity with eating foods and a lot of this is just how you prepare it so experiment with different recipes one of the things that i like to do when I'm cooking uh, rice, I actually love to make Mexican rice. So I'll take the jasmine rice, which cooks the fastest, and then I'll make a Mexican rice recipe out of it and kind of add more nutritional density rather than just plain rice because that just gets really boring after a while. And to you know, incorporate things like that. Another thing that you can do, obviously. Now, here's another thing to think about that I've really never mentioned before. If we were to go to a grid down scenario and we've got no power, okay? Now, let's say you have a solar generator and you have that and maybe you even have a little um, a, a gas power generator. That's fine and well and good. But And again, I guess it would depend where you're at as well. But um, you might want to have something like some type of um, stove cooking utensil or, or, or um, thing that you can use as like a burner meaning something that you could put 
fuel in, like, let's say, twigs, sticks, things of this nature, things that you could find around a yard, okay? Where you could, and I'm telling you, you can actually use those types of things to make meals. You can actually use those type of things to boil water. I know Dave Hodges has a has a thing on there where he's got like this thing, this Patriot solar cooker where you could put the water in it and it has solar panels. But in that particular case, so you have to understand, I'm not saying that's not bad. It sounds like a great thing, but you you're dependent upon the sunlight in that. You, you obviously you can't use it at night, and if it's cloudy during the day, it's not going to work. So yeah, it's nice to have up as a, as a backup, and I think options are great. But um, these types of um, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of the the the, the names of the uh, these cookers that are that are available. Um, and I'm saying this to have this as a backup. Okay, now you don't necessarily have to rely on woods, twigs, or whatever. Or you whatever's you know kind of combustible. This is not something where you need to have like some like fireplace area to really run it. It's going to be something that's pretty small. Um, yeah, fireplace area would be a good good to have something like this. But I'm looking at I just looked this up online. Uh, solo stove light. I mean these are these are ones that are highly rated. BioLite camp stove two, firebox bushcraft camp stove kit, um, camp mate wood flame tokes titanium. These are just things that you can actually use to boil water. Like if you have rice, you're gonna have to boil the water. Okay, if you're if you're in a grid down scenario, you need to think about that. And this is not something where you're gonna break the bank. Okay, like the one like this campmate wood flame stove is twenty five bucks, and it's just nice to have something like that, at least as a backup, because you never know. Now you can get fuel for these things. Like you can buy the the little things that um oh i don't know like the little uh things that you use to start fires and things like that with um there's there's alternate ways in other words that you can actually use these and they're they're pretty efficient they're wood burning low smoke you know type of thing so i'll, I'll just give you a um some of these actually you can charge your cell phone with because it uses the heat to actually charge its own battery this biolite one actually uses the heat to charge its battery and then you can actually then charge your cell phone or other devices with it so i'm just going to give you a, a link there under this video i don't know i've never mentioned that before but it is something to think about you know because um in these things you can you can heat water with them and again if you've got if you've got beans and rice you're going to have to have a way to boil water. And if you don't have energy, if you don't have power, well, what are you going to do? So it's something to think about anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm give, I gave you the link. It's, it's what the appliance guy told me. Shortages, food prep, and sound mind. Um, and I posted a link below that, and I labeled it related. And it's the wood-burning backpack stoves. That's really all. And again, you can get more heavy-dutier versions for like a family. You can get that, okay? These are just like entry-level things that you can have as maybe a, ba a backup system if, if you feel so led. But something like that, I mean, that can make all, a big, big... You can have everything figured out and lined up, and then we, we go, we go to a grid-down scenario, and you've got no way to boil water. And that is a big deal if you don't. 
typically. I mean, because even if you've got storable food, a lot of that is predicated upon you enter, uh, adding hot water to the like dehydrated or freeze dried food in order to like, I mean, if cold water won't work, the water, if it's cold, is not going to absorb into like the freeze dried food very well. Hot water will though. So I'm telling you, your ability to make hot water is something you need to think about. And obviously, yeah, if you had a generator, but what if you run out of gas for the generator? Okay. What if the solar power thing is something you can't use because you can't expose your, your solar panels because you're in a, like a rioting grid down situation and people are riding all around. And if they see your solar panels, that's going to make you an instant target. This is the kind of stuff I think about. And so anyway, I'll let her talk is to just be judicious about your shopping and reverse plan so finding things that are on sale like at a grocery outlet something like that and then building your menu backwards and i think that that's going to serve you but i think it is realistic at this point also to i'm anticipating shortages again actually worse shortages as a matter of fact i just bought a major appliance and the store where i purchased this told me it finally got delivered today but they told me that their supply in the central warehouses this is a larger like a bigger box store they told me essentially their product line is doing this because of meaning it's getting cheap she kind of drew her hands together like that it's getting smaller and smaller now again if you go to like a third world country people that come here from third world countries one of the first things they'll remark about the stores and things is that you have so many choices in their country, they may only have one or two choices per product, maybe one choice. So we're moving in that direction as we move more toward a third world type of existence. And unfortunately, we are moving in that direction. The supply line disruptions. So this is a, a major household good. Like these are the goods that really power a lot of the economy, the purchase of these sorts of items, household goods. And that's already in short supply. In other places around the country, there's also a shortage in various things, whether it's toilet paper or um, food staples in some cases. I anticipate that we're going to see, if you remember what it was like mm, two months ago with shortages, I think we're going to see a second round of that, maybe not as bad. But the issue is with this first round of supply depletion, there was, there was wiggle room, right? And there was a cushion, right. essentially, because of storehouses and because sure. of, of continuing productivity. But now, because we're seeing certain places, food packing plants, food processing areas shut down in this sort of popcorn distribution around the country, different areas are going to be affected differently. So it behooves us, if you have not... If you have not really been maintaining those stores, and I know a lot of people are tight on finances right now, but if you can, I would really try and pad that stock with things before we start going through the second phase. Because right now, you're seeing the, the caseload tick up, and people are getting a little bit scared about it. I, I anticipate that this is only going to be manipulated by the left in this country to essentially sow more division and to get their political agenda across to the American people and get them scared enough to try and vote their way, vote big government in, in this upcoming election. I think that this really plays into their hands and they're going to do everything that they can in order to push that fear narrative and really get people into that cycle where that brain is spinning. And really fear breeds dependency. 
whereas confidence breeds independence and self-sufficiency. And if we have confidence in the Lord, faith moment, y'all, if we have confidence in the Lord and in his provision and in his protection and his covenant relationship to provide for the people who are his own and who are obedient to him, then we operate from a space and a sphere of confidence and subsequently self-sufficiency and independency spring forth from that. When you push the fear narrative like the left is doing and many people on the uh, on the right both sides of congress both parties are doing this for various reasons but definitely the left and the democrat party are because it, it they need it they need it in order to establish a victimhood well, yeah and again the, the fear thing uh, primarily with the COVID 19 thing is you know oh don't if you don't wear the mask you're going to contaminate you got to go along with all the other sheep or you don't care about them and, and, and don't you dare not go along with the sheeple and, and you, you need to be compliant and do your thing. You know, don't you care about other people and infecting them? And, and we know that when the time comes, you're going to get your testing and you're going to get your vaccines. And it's all fear-based, every bit of it. And it's all based on total lies. When you push fear and you push that you push God out of the way and you push fear, then the only God that's in the picture is the government or the big daddy come yeah. take money from other people and give it to me right and so this meets their needs this will help them accomplish their political agenda if they keep spreading fear and that's really what they're trying to do ahead of the election and so practically you know we obviously don't believe that if you're into preparedness and definitely if you you are preparing out of a space of faith rather than fear um i think that that's it's going to be easier for us. And so for that reason, I want to also encourage us to keep a quiet heart. And that's actually an Elizabeth Elliot book. But keeping a quiet heart does not mean shutting down your natural intuition and these, these programmed parts in us that say, I need to eat food and I need a way to clothe myself and I need a way to find water. All of these things meeting our basic needs, this obviously should we should take a judicious and a wise and a prudent approach to it. But when we let fear start talking, when we let fear start talking, it's like swatting mosquitoes away. If you're from the South and you're used to like, you know, they come around, they bite you, and you're like, <laughs> you know, you're used to splatting them on you every now and then. So in a way, I kind of take the mosquito narrative, like when you hear the little cheapy, the fear, the fear, just like swat, swat, replace with truth. When we are combating fear and when we're speaking truth into our lives and we're keeping our brains and our minds and our, our spirits right, then we take every thought captive, right? We take every thought captive. And why is that? Why is it important that even in the midst of everything going on right now, we take thoughts captive? Because our thoughts become words and our words become actions. So we preempt bad action or inaction based on paralytic fear through stopping it up here. And so we have to, and I'm saying this myself, y'all, like really, yesterday was my fasting and prayer day. I'm fasting and praying on Thursdays um, as an intercessory point and as a point of worship and as a point of keeping my brain, heart, mind, body right with God in the midst of everything. Not perfect. Oh, am I so not perfect? If you're perfect, send me an email because I need to take notes from you. <laughs> but keeping our hearts right in the midst of everything is going to serve us well. And gratitude as a natural antidepressant, right? Amen. Yeah. Keeping a positive and appropriate mindset and framework is almost impossible without gratitude. Yeah. Right? Amen. And the way that I've tried to adapt 
this into... The Bible says when you look at Romans 1, and then it, that progression of things that happen where, you know, they worship the creature more than the creator, and then it says they were turned over a reprobate mind to do this thing's not convenient. Men burning after men, women burning. That whole thing starts with that where it all started with that downward progression is that, that they became unthankful. That was where it started. So we need to be that that cliche term, the attitude of gratitude. <laughs> I feel really cheesy saying that. But always being thankful to the Lord for his mercy, his goodness, his provision, all that he's done for us is very, very important. A very, very important, I think, way to try to start out the day, you know, in prayer and um, something to always be mindful of. My own life as a practice is before I go to sleep, well, there are many things, praying before you go to sleep, always, always a good thing. But I try and speak aloud, thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you, Lord, for this. Yeah. Bam, 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 bam. Going right down the list. Right. And I understand that I have people who follow me here not into the faith thing. That's cool. You know, that Gratitude, though, is something that anybody can do. And it has a protective and shielding effect on your psyche. So you really stand nothing to gain, or excuse me, you stand nothing to lose and everything to gain by implementing a gratitude practice. Yes. Okay. And it's not some namby-pamby weak thing. Absolutely not. Like gratitude is not weakness. Gratitude is shielding yourself and keeping your mental borders well defended and well guarded because it gives you perspective. Gratitude gives us perspective, even in the midst of challenging times. And of course, to highlight again, belief belief that if you are attempting to operate from a place of wisdom and that you're being judicious about preparedness the lord's got you okay like if you're doing the right thing he's got you he does and from a faith standpoint i know that if i am faithful to do what he says it may not go the way that i think i may not have everything like all my little duckies in a row but i know that it's going to work out we're all, I'm saying this, like we're all saying this, like speaking truth, talking to ourselves, not listening to ourselves, <laughs> not listening to the little mosquitoes of fear, but talking to ourselves. Helpful thing, keeping us centered. I hope that was helpful for you today. If you enjoyed the video, I hope you'll subscribe to me here on YouTube. You can also support me on Patreon, Subscribestar, Cryptocurrency, and PayPal. Got links down below. So she's got a lot of really good videos about prepping and, and things of that nature, uh, gardening, prepping, natural medicines, uh, first aid. She um, is, is a nurse, and um, she's done a lot of videos on that. And she's even got courses that you – I think she's going to have online courses that you can take on um, first aid mil, – um, not military, but um, like emergency first aid type of stuff, which um, and she seems to really know her stuff. So, all right. And again, I'm trying to, like, interject – some some positivity in into these teachings because the the news cycles become so incredibly dark and we just need to constantly keep um regrounding ourselves in the lord jesus christ focusing on him not letting this whole horrible situation get the best of us and again god is on the throne he knows what's going on he knows the beginning from the end and there's nothing that is too hard for him. Call upon me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. That's what God says to do. I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? 
You know, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. These are just Bible verses that are kind of coming into my head regarding this situation. Um, okay, now this was just a real brief thing. John Rappaport put out a, I don't know if this is a tweet to President Trump. Um, and it shows a group of military guys, looks like army to me. And they're being vaccinated. Now, um, he says to Trump, military, hashtag Milvax, U.S. enlisted soldiers to be among the first to receive the DNA, messenger RNA, nanotech, COVID-19 vaccine, gene therapy, injectable. And then he says coronavirus, corona war syndrome. Because we, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the, the, um, Oh, what was the, uh, I'm trying to remember the, 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 the syndrome for, for, um, that I'm in reference to the, one of the first documentaries that came out regarding the subject of just the abusing of the troops is a, is a, um, and this is a, if, if anybody emails me about getting into the military, I send them this document I've got and it's called beyond treason. You can go to beyondtreason.com. What you don't know about your government could kill you. Department of Defense documents obtained through Freedom of Information Act expose the horrific underworld of the disposable army mentality and the government-funded experimentation upon U.S. citizens conducted without their knowledge or consent. Since death-dealing depleted uranium is in the process of killing over 1 million American soldiers and their wives and over 500 million or 50 million Islamic civilians, we decided these stories qualified as the lead story in this newsletter uh gulf war syndrome yeah that's what i was thinking of and this is a whole little thing that explains it if you want me to send it to you just email me at the contact page at contendingfortruth.com and it's the beyond treason doc i've got about the military anyway um yeah if you're in the military it's a bad bad news because this is a slide from my from my presentation on the avion flu that i put in here and it says, did you know former President Clinton quietly signed Executive Order 13139 on September 30th, 1999? This order requires military personnel to receive experimental vaccines not approved by the FDA and denies the soldiers even the right to refuse or to even be provided with informed consent of what they are receiving so I've I've gotten emails from um, in fact I think they're in this this document because I've posted them in here. Yeah, this document's 18 pages. So see when a lot of times if I have a document about something, you have to understand I've been compiling information on that subject for years. And a lot of that compiling may be from listeners who have emailed me telling me their experience of what they're going through. And I've had multiple listeners email me saying they're basically gonna die or they're on their way to death or they're absolutely totally devastated from all the vaccines that they had to get. Here's one from a guy named JV, testimony regarding military vaccines. I mean, it's quite long um, and things like that, things of that nature. So yeah, I've got an 18 page doc on this subject that gets into all this, but um, yeah, it's horrific absolutely totally horrific what they're doing to the military and they are viewed as just absolutely totally 100 disposable now here's another um 
documentary called Direct Order Documentary Soldiers Ordered to Take Anthrax Vaccine and Got Brain Damage. I give you a link to that here. But again, this is a very small little sampling of what I have in the 18-page doc uh, on the military that I entitled Beyond Treason because that's the name of the main documentation that documents uh, Gulf War Syndrome which is a kind of a combination of all the depleted uranium they were exposed to and the vaccines, and there were some other factors as well. Okay, so we're closing in on the end here finally. Uh, U.S. agrees to buy 100 million doses of the experimental coronavirus vaccine from Pfizer in a $2 billion deal. It has just come out the United States Department of Health and Human Services, along with DOD, Department of Defense, has secured a deal with pharmaceutical giant Pfizer to purchase $2 billion dollars worth or 100 million doses of the experimental untested unproven wuhan coronavirus vaccine using taxpayer money now here's the thing when i see something like this you have to ask yourself the question if they're already putting billions to pre-buy these vaccine doses 100 million and in this case another 500 million after this and this is just one of the of the experimental modifying DNA modifying vaccines. You got to believe that it's every intention that they have to use them on the, the populace, and no amount of coercing from the general populace is going to probably sway them. Now, I'm not saying God can't intervene. I'm not saying if people don't rise up to it. And I'm not saying if there's not enough prayer and fasting that can't change the tide of things. They're obviously doubling and tripling down on this concept. They're not going to spend $2 billion worth and take no for an answer. If there's any way that they can get them in us, they're going to try to do it is what I'm seeing here. Okay. Even though the vaccine is yet to be even fully de developed and properly safety tested, the federal government has apparently decided that it wants in on the early action with plans to start administering the jab to Americans once it becomes commercially available. In conjunction with the German biotech firm uh, BioNTech Pfizer, which received fast-track approval from the government for this new vaccine, despite the company's well-documented history of human rights abuses, which is, there's a link to that here, recently released results of an early-stage trial alleging the jab is, quote, safe for human consumption. Yeah, that's like going to Satan and expecting an honest answer about something. The fox guarding the hen house. Once the jab is granted regulatory approval, which already appears to be a shoe-in, despite no solid evidence that it even works. And again, this isn't even something that's killing anybody, hardly. You know, 0.26%, and that's when they're padding the statistics, and that's for people that are typically in the nursing home. They're dying. If they're directly exposed to it. The federal government has already then also procured an add-on deal that would allow it to purchase another 500 million doses of the vaccine for mass distribution well we've only got like a 318 million people here but remember these dose these vaccines are going to be multi-part i think you get like one at the start of the month one at the end of the month i guess it depends on the vaccine and then one every three months because the antigens they're going to say the antigens go out of your system so quick and covid 19 is so horrible you're going to have to come back every three months to get another jab so i'm saying if this isn't resisted now it's you you can't even imagine what it's going to be like 
after these billions upon billions of tax dollars are spent buying up all these jabs, daddy government then plans to jab all Americans for free. Because it's really about getting them in you from a satanic agenda. You know, I don't, I, I think from a satanic agenda, Satan, obviously, he's not caring about the money. He's caring about defiling your DNA. Now, the people working for Satan care about the money. But, yeah, they're saying that they're going to be free. In conjunction with the Trump administration's Operation Warp Speed program. Now, that's not to say every one of these vaccinations is for free. But this particular one, they are saying that. Uh, in conjunction with Trump administration's Operation Warp Speed program, upwards of 300 million doses or nearly one dose for every American of some combination of experimental Wuhan COVID-19 vaccines currently are under development by Big Pharma and will supposedly be ready for distribution by January, even though they're totally unnecessary, unneeded, and they will it will be a DNA defiling, uh, you know, I don't even know what the side effects will, will end up being, but it will be horrific. We've got into that. Keep in mind that the U.S. government has already spent more than $2 billion on other Wuhan coronavirus vaccines being developed by drug giants Moderna and Johnson & Johnson. Numerous other governments around the world are drafting similar deals with Big Pharma to purchase their portions of the vaccine pie. Next report. Operation Warp Speed is underway in the United States at the federal government moves forward. Approximately $2 billion in contracts of pharmaceutical and biotechnical companies to produce and deliver up to $300 million experimental Vaccine doses by January of 2021. So January of, of the next year, you know, you can really expect all this, this frenzy now that we're dealing with with the masks and the testing. Well, I really believe that you're going to have the, the, that same frenzy, but then you're going to have the vaccine pressure in there. And that's probably going to, they're probably going to try to ratchet that up to a whole other level. I mean, unless God intervenes, unless there's massive pushback. In the meantime, state governments and health departments are coercing people into indefinite mask wearing, contact tracing, restrictions on personal liberty, and continued shutdowns or restrictions on new activities until new experimental vaccines are consumed in mass. U.S. President Trump, seeking stock market growth for re-election, is caught up in the conflict of interest as he becomes Big Pharma's greatest spokesperson to advance new bi biologics and RNA DNA injections. Big Pharma has over 170 COVID-19 vaccines in development. 170. But Bill Gates and, and Anthony Fauci are pushing an experimental RNA technology to the front of the line. This technology delivered via injection is a type of genetic engineering called germline editing. Bill Gates has been pushing this technology for over a decade and has the financial resources to place in place to carry out these genetic alterations on the population around the world. The technology inserts coronavirus genetic code into each person, forever changing their genetics and cellular processes in their body. The coronavirus RNA pre reprograms human cells to produce spike proteins, supposedly forcing the immune system to fight properties of a virus that are being artificially manufactured by the body's own cells now remember this is all pretty much a lie because we know these vaccines are evil but this is what they're the whitewash garbage they're kind of telling us but then again it sounds pretty bad the effects of this technology are transgenerational the cellular manipulation can be passed down to future generations meaning your seed line's done for your genetic code is done for 
if you even have one, they're not going to probably be fully human and they will be sterile. Is what I interpret this as because I've done enough research to know that's what that means when you talk about transgenerational. Leading um, eth- scientists called for an end to this kind of transgenerational human genome editing in a January 2020 Geneva statement, but evidently didn't work. January 20. 2020 was also the time when Fauci and the NIH moved forward with the licensure of this controversial technology to be used in Moderna's experimental RNA coronavirus vaccine. Even though Moderna has never bought brought a product to market, their latest controversial technology has been irresponsibly pushed through clinical trials, bypassing animal studies that are critically important to understand toxicity, histopathology, and disease processes. Man, you know, they don't care about any of that. Then we have this, vaccines can be mandated but not imposed by force. Now, in a, in a perfect world, yes, I guess this isn't really perfect, but in any kind of sane, that had any kind of sanity, I would say yes. The alert reader sends this, note that the Supreme Court maintained the standard of individual sovereignty over their body. Vaccines can be mandated but not imposed by force. And he cites a court case, Jacobson versus Massachusetts. Here, you can click on if you want to know more. Now, this is a quote from Robert Steele. Vaccines have never been tested and the eradication of liability for those making, selling, and mandating vaccines is itself a crime against humanity long overdue for challenge. The vaccine court is unconstitutional and should be abolished. The Nuremberg protocols need to be applied to all medical experiments and that includes vaccines and masks. Now, he gives a whole bunch of cases that he's citing here regarding what he's talking about. Um... The Nuremberg Code of 1947, enough to bury the NIH and the CDC. Another report reads, Robert Kennedy Jr. versus Dershowitz. They just had this big debate on vaccines. I haven't watched. I, I, I'm i probably not going to watch. I just don't have the time. But um, Kennedy was for liberty, obviously. Dershowitz, which was Trump's attorney and, and Epstein's attorney, was for fascism. And then we have Reverend Chris Oakty versus Bill Gates on the COVID-19 conspiracy to harm humanity in violation of the Nuremberg Protocols. Uh, then a lady named Rebecca Campbell, U.S. government loses vaccine lawsuit, has lied to the public for decades, vaccines are not tested, autism will drop if parents use this case to legally challenge mandated vaccines. So this is trying to give you a lot of resources that you could potentially use as well. And then New England Journal of Medicine commits suicide with Deep State article so profoundly unethical and unscientific as to suggest the journal should be retired. Uh, And then the last little report here is some 90 million doses of two different experimental Wuhan coronavirus vaccines are currently underway under development by multiple drug giants have been purchased by the British government for mass distribution. So I talked about the American market, now I'm talking about the British market. This is despite the fact that nobody knows for sure whether or not the jabs will even work because they've not been tested, proving once again this whole thing is a scam. The UK is simply assuming that the drugs will work and has ordered them accordingly. Whether vaccines really doesn't look like they're drugs. With 30 million doses coming from Pfizer and BioNTech partnership and another 60 million from Valnevia. This is on top of the 100 million doses of another vaccine variety that were ordered from the University of Oxford. So Britain's doing pretty much the same thing the United States is doing, which is what a lot of, I'm sure, governments are doing around the world. The Oxford vaccines are being made from a genetically engineered version of the, of the uh, coronavirus, while the biotech Pfizer vaccine contains parts of the coronavirus's genetic code. I mean, again, these are all going to modify 
your DNA. As to why the UK government ordered three three different varieties of untested vaccines, well, like I said before, they've got 170 in development. Uh, officials say they're trying out different styles of vaccines to help maximize the chance that at least one of them work. I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to see which one will be the most detrimental, that will cause the most damage, but maybe not overtly. Like, they don't want something where you're going to get injected with it and you're going to drop dead. You know, they want it to be something where your DNA is permanently altered and you're basically like an automaton and you're basically going to do whatever you're told to do and you're a genetically modified human being and you will be compliant with whatever they tell. I think that would be the biggest criteria that from a satanic point that they'd be looking for. And then it goes on to say at the end, in other words, it's all trial and error and the British population is set to be the human guinea pigs. So that's all I've got for today. Um, I don't even know how many, probably about close to six hours at least uh, study here. So God bless. Lord willing, we will see you in the next report. Again, all the prayer prayers that I've got are at the start of the PDF. You can print those out. You can even um, print them out and um, uh, you know keep them in your Bible, that type of thing, and that way, that way you can reference them. And if the internet ever goes down, then you'll still have those prayers. So God bless you, and Lord willing, we'll see you next week.